Hey everybody, welcome to Love the Nilsons. I'm Thomas. My name is Alyssa. And we're here to share our story. Discuss relationships. Talk about raising our kids. Be advocates for mental health. Share our faith. And whatever else life may throw our way. Let's do this. Woo! Welcome back, friends. Another week, another episode. Hello. Here we are. Happy Sunday night or Monday morning, whenever you're listening to this. Probably not <laughs> listening to us live since that's not an option. Um, but we're happy to be back for another week here. And uh, we feel like we're in a pretty good spot with the podcast right now. We've like set a schedule of things that we want to talk about and kind of mapped it out. And we are feeling excited to have like solid topics to talk about i guess i feel you like could we say. have a lot we just must like to talk or have a lot of things we're passionate about or something but yeah and we, we want to Alyssa alluded to it last week but we're going to try to have more guests on the show with us here mm-hmm. we just think that would add some fun variety or different opinions experiences things like that so look forward in the coming weeks to some guests on the show with us but um this week, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to talk a little bit about, since we've talked about uh, Alyssa's health, we've talked about mental health, we've talked about um, health, just kind of seems to be a theme right now. We wanted to talk about um, our second child. He was born with something called clubfoot. Alyssa, would you like to dive into that a little bit? Yeah, so as as we've just been thinking about this, um, so this has been on our mind because he has checkups every six months, and he just had a checkup like last week, and so this has just been on our minds as checkups come up and we think about it. Um, yeah, just his birthday. He, yeah, he is just turned three, and um, so it just has been on our minds, and we actually were talking the other day thinking about you know, when we first found out about this diagnosis and how scared we were and everything like that and how we hoped one day that we could just help other families that are maybe just finding out or going through it themselves. And so that's kind of where this this topic came to be for us. Um, But we first just want to talk about what the heck is club feet. Because if you're anything like us, when you hear that, you might have... We have no... You might imagine (laughs) feet that are like baseball bats or yeah clubs. no really I, I like know. that's kind of like what we thought of we had heard of i think at least for me i had heard the term before probably I had with our no first idea what it probably was with the first we like when they were doing the like anatomy scan with the first they had mentioned i think real quickly oh no club foot um club foot is essentially when the achilles tendon is too short and so if you imagine if your achilles tendon is too short um, then your feet get turned in and they are like essentially pointed almost towards like your your shin up like up towards your shin and kind of towards each other so they're just they're not facing the correct way if you were to leave it like that you would be unable to walk um your feet would be really deformed i mean you wouldn't be able to get them in shoes or or anything like that so that's what club feet is um we can share we've shared pictures and actually um sweet little video of our little little boy um, when he was born and what his feet looked like so you can hop over to our instagram to see that or just google what is clubfoot and you can have a really good picture 
of it. Um, and we were kind of curious too. like, we obviously, you know, he just turned three. So what, three and a half years ago when I was pregnant with him, we did tons of research and we read about it, but it's been a little while since we have read or found any stats on it. And so I just quickly looked some stuff up because I wanted to make sure in three and a half years, like, has it really changed? And it's about the same as what we remembered that it was, you know, back then. Essentially, it's actually like, fairly common compared to maybe some other random things yeah common but... yeah what you said common compared to other uh-oh got a baby crying pause. in the background here <laughs> pause it we'll be back momentarily okay we're back that was just a quick fix just a binky <laughs> was all it was needed um we were saying though clubfoot compared to other um potential birth defects um, is a lot more common. Didn't we say that it's for those with no family history of club foot, it was one in 1,000? Was that yeah, right? Yeah, I read it's like one to four in 1,000. Which still babies. is like pretty rare, obviously. That's less than 1%, but that's a lot more common than common. other things. Yes. And I've also read several times too, and on several different websites and things, that it's actually twice more common in boys than it is in girls for whatever reason, just the genetic makeup there and as soon as you have a child with it then your chances of having another one is actually a lot higher um and we just read too for parents that have had club feet um so in this case like for our son mm -hmm. when he goes to have kids years from now the odds of him having a baby with club foot wasn't it was 20 to 30 yeah, percent significant so that's more. like pretty high like odds are if he has three kids like yeah so chances of, of us having a grandchild with it is actually fairly high but yeah right. so we um so that's kind of just a few stats on it it's a very treatable um deformity and um we'll get into that but we wanted to tell our story of well yeah i was just gonna ask you like well go ahead tell our story because what i was gonna ask has to do with our story so go ahead um, so I, we found out we were pregnant with him in January of 2020 and, you know, come, I think it was May, 2020. It was May when was we went to ultrasound. When I had my 20 week ultrasound with him and because it was May of 2020, uh, anybody who had to go through any medical, anything during 2020, like, ugh, bless you. That was, that was a really rough, scary time. Because everything had to be done alone. You couldn't go be with family members anywhere in any medical facilities. And so I remember... That was the worst. We were getting ready for the 20-week ultrasound and you couldn't come with me. And come I was in, just... into the building with you. Yeah, yeah, I was just feeling really, really nervous that morning. I was... I just had a stomachache and I just... I was so worried that something was going to be wrong and you weren't going to be able to be there with me. I don't know what it is that made me feel like that. I mean, 20-week ultrasounds can be nerve-wracking because um, up until that point, you really are just praying that you have a healthy baby. But I was just really nervous, and I remember my mom suggesting, like, well, why don't I, you know, watch our current – he was – too at the time he's like I'll watch him and why don't you Thomas at least just like drive to the appointment with her sit in the parking lot and then <clears throat> you can be close which hindsight so grateful for that because ended up going into the appointment and 
also side note like i know <clears throat> people go into 20 culture sounds and find out really 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 hard things about their babies so much more severe luckily and difficult to yeah treat. luckily this wasn't that but this was still really scary for us because we didn't know after having a perfectly so, healthy baby the first yeah. time around it was it was <clears throat> yeah go ahead and so, i'll share feelings on how I so i go second. into the appointment super super nervous um she's going through everything um you're sitting in the car in the parking lot on facetime mm-hmm. and she gets to like his feet and you know when like you're in an appointment or ultrasound or something and the tech kind of gets quiet and just spends a little bit more time and is just kind of looking and going back like you start to feel that it's not quite right so she was just looking and i don't even know if she was allowed to do this or or what but i mean i'm glad she did she kind of just paused and looked at me and was like honey i think your baby has club feet and I was like, excuse me, what? And you were on FaceTime just like, uh, well, what are I, you I saying? Like, it's hard like, to hear. I can't see. Yeah, I don't. I feel like, man, I feel like service around any hospital or doctor's office <laughs> is always awful. And so it, that was the case here, too, because I think I was on FaceTime. And then mm-hmm. later in the appointment, I think I switched over to just be on the phone. But yeah, because it was kind of cutting in and out. And I heard something about club feet but yeah and i'm just sweaty and already starting to cry because i don't have any idea what this means immediately i'm just certain our child will never walk and i just you know my head is just going through all these things so she ends up finishing up the ultrasound and luckily the place where i was really grateful because they their office had like a maternal fetal medicine doctor there And so he actually, right in that moment, was able to come in, review the ultrasound, and chat with me. And confirm. And he was just like an angel. Like, I remember just as he started. Calming presence, calming bedside manner. Yeah, as he started to talk with me about what Clubfoot was and just kind of what it looked like for us, um, he just brought so much peace. He was so calming. He explained to me... Um, what it was what it would look like when he was born and the treatment and everything like that and I remember specifically I'm just laying there crying and so sad and just worried about our nothing I can baby. do nothing I can do at the time either it's, yeah was the worst. but I remember this man just looking at me and just saying like if I I have to deal with a lot of really sad hard things for babies but he's like if there's one thing that I had to choose to be wrong with a baby, it would be this. That's I was going to say that exact same thing. I remember him saying those exact same mm-hmm. words. Like, if there's any type of defect or, anything, or developmental anything. anything, he's like, this is, he's like, I think he said something specifically along the lines of like, this is the best one to have, which yeah. sounds weird. Yeah. But he said that. It was like, so okay. So well. he just brought like a lot of peace, but still leaving that appointment, I remember going out and just hugging you in the parking lot and crying and just... Well, and we found out the gender too. It, it was kind of mixed yes, emotions because yes, we were finding out the gender. <laughs> but then we also found out this. So like later yeah. when we went to tell your family and we like told them this club foot yeah, news yeah, first. Yeah, I forgot about that part. It's kind of like yeah. overshadowed. So yeah, the, I mean, because you know, you go on for the 20 week excited to find out the gender and we already had a boy and I I was, like, pretty sure we were having another boy. Like, everyone was like, oh, you're for sure having a girl. But I was kind of like, meh. 
I don't know. And so we had planned to do a fun little just small gender reveal like with my family and then just your family via FaceTime. Mm -hmm. But it felt weird because we had to come home and like tell them of this news we just learned of. So we were like, hey, our baby is okay, but we just learned about this and we wanted to share it with you first. And so, you know, we had the tears. We shared that. And then a little while later, we shared with them the gender and then i mean as far as like where things went from there the pregnancy everything is normal yep with the club foot baby as far as pregnancy goes um i think from that point it became a lot of research for us mm-hmm. like just pretty much just wanting to know what to expect yeah. like obviously there was only so much that we could do before he was born mm-hmm. But I think we just took it upon ourselves to be as educated as possible as far as like techniques for treatment and doctors and things like that. I remember too, like, not that our boys have to, are destined or have to be athletes or anything, (laughs) but I remember like looking up, I was just curious, I was like, so like, because I think I feel like the doctor said something about like how he probably wouldn't be like a track athlete. Yeah, or he's something. like he probably won't be the fastest runner ever. Yeah, but... he said that, and so then I was like, oh man, like obviously you don't have to be the fastest to be successful in sports. And like I said, we don't have to have him play. Yeah, and pre- pre- be a pro athlete. But I looked it up, and I was like, oh, some like pretty recognizable people were born with one, and that's the thing we forgot to mention. You mm-hmm. can be born with bilateral club feet, yes, which is yes. when both of them are turned in Mm -hmm. or just um, unilateral, I guess, or just single club foot. Um, Some notable names um, that I just looked up to confirm, and I remember Troy Aikman, quarterback for the Cowboys. He was born with one club foot. Hmm. Mia Hamm, the soccer player. I forgot about her. And um, the one that I like to point out every time we watch golf is (laughs) the – golfer from spain john rom yeah and it's funny like when you watch his swing and he's talked about it he can't turn all the way or like rotate completely his club swing is different but like his treatment was a little different it was a long time ago a different country but but yeah so anyway a lot of research and like it was some comforting some was like a little daunting intimidating do you want to talk about kind of like the treatment or yeah so we um So shortly after this, we actually moved to Arizona, which we knew was our plan all along. And so I, we did a ton of research and ended up... Thank you for clarifying the week, because I did did my fair share too. I appreciate um, that. Ended up finding a doctor at Phoenix Children's Hospital who had incredible reviews for club feet. There is a really specific way that um, has become the standard of care for club foot correction. It's called the Ponsetti method. And a man with the last name Ponsetti created it probably, what, 50 years ago is all. But it's only started being Was used. Was it that old? Well, it only became standard of care like in the last Wasn't that like the few 90s years. Yeah. Like yeah. Even 2000s, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So he started it, but then, you know, like he's got to try it out on a bunch of patients and have it actually be effective. And so it took a while for people to actually adopt um, his method. But now that's like the standard of care. And so we found that, but then you also have to be careful when you're trying to find a doctor because some doctors just aren't quite as experienced with it. So they might sort of know how to do it, but because we've uh, discovered it, they can make it worse. (laughs) Yeah. Like the treatment of club feet is a large part science, but a lot of it is art too. Like knowing how to do it craftfully 
Craftfully, is that right? <laughs> you just made up a good word. Craftfully. Sure. We're going to roll with that. Um, because as I'll let you continue to talk about the treatment, but it is not not every aspect of the treatment is like super rigid scientific, like yeah. do this, this, and this. Like it's like very manual. Well, can I just talk about kind of? Well, I was just going to talk oh, yeah. about meeting a doctor. Okay, yeah, yeah, go for it. So we found this doctor at Phoenix Children's who we couldn't remember. We were trying to remember right now. I could finally, I could probably find it if I looked up a little bit more, but. His name is Dr. Belther at Phoenix Children's, and he either was trained by Ponsetti or he was trained by somebody who was trained by Ponsetti. So kind of like grand, we couldn't remember if it was like grandpa <laughs> a son or, like... or a grandson. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he was trained by this man or somebody who was, and so we felt confident in his ability because, um, well, so we got to meet with him and that was actually really nice. That was still, you know, during COVID time. And technically because I was pregnant with said clubfoot baby, I was the patient at the time and we were allowed to have one, um, person with the patient. So we got to go together to that appointment. So that was one appointment of my entire pregnancy that we got to go to together and we just got to meet him. We did have one before we left Oregon. In like February. Like when you were very very, like the very first (laughs) appointment I went to. But yeah. So we got to sit and chat with him and he discussed uh what treatment would look like and um just honestly a lot of training on our part because it it's a lot of parental uh responsibility when it comes to the treatment for this Alyssa says a lot she means completely like it was all on us to make sure that this kid's feet turned out yeah okay but you can talk about the casting you were going to talk about that. yeah so so he was born he was born and he had incredible little feet i love those little they were a adorable in their own special way and the way they were like turned like made for like the most cozy little oh, snuggles so, not not that like babies with regular feet are not able to <laughs> cuddle well but like i don't know it just made a perfect that, heart shape it made a perfect heart shape with his legs mm-hmm. i remember like changing his diaper was like super easy because like to lift him up instead of having <laughs> to like put the kid's ankles together and hold him like just i could just his grab feet. his feet like it was like a little handle <laughs> um, but we definitely soaked in that time um, and enjoyed it and then got ready for the treatment, which began, I think we started at like two weeks, right? No, he was a month old. Was it a month? Okay. I wanted a month. And so that was a discussion with the doctor of when to start treatment. Oh, I do And he that. basically was like, it doesn't really matter that much, but just the when sooner. When it's that early. Yeah, but he's like, the sooner you do it, like you can... The babies are just a little more cooperative and know how gets... to breastfeed at that point. But I, well. yeah, I wanted a month to just snuggle my baby without casting to nurse, to just figure out that month and just be able to kind of soak in his feet a little bit. Like if we knew starting at day one or a month didn't make a difference, I just, we wanted that month to just feel have him a little and... bit more normal. Yeah. Newborn, but... So yeah, we started at almost exactly a month. Yeah, so at one month then, the first step in this Ponsetti method, I think this is included in the Ponsetti method technically, right? Not just the boot and bar, right? No, yeah. Yeah, so this whole beginning. thing is, so the very first step is the casting phase, and it's mm-hmm. exactly what it sounds like. We would take him in um, on a weekly basis. We went every week, I think it was on a Thursday or Friday, we went in every week, 
and we'd have to hold our son down while the doctor casted, put casts on both his legs from his foot, like the tip of his toes, all the way up to his hips. Like as far up on his hips as you possibly go. And the purpose of this was, and the reason why we went weekly, it was like the equivalent of like having like, if you ever had like an expander in your mouth growing (laughs) up as a kid, or almost kind of like braces in a way, but Mm -hmm. um, they would... manipulate his feet turn them out just a little bit and then cast them and then we would take the casts off the day before the appointment they were like hard they were hard cast but they were still wrapped like it wasn't like your traditional yeah it wasn't like your 10 year old broke his arm that kind of cast it was a little bit different they were soft but hard at the same time but so we'd unravel them straight up like a mummy, essentially, is what it felt like sometimes. We'd have to wake up at like 4 or 5 a.m. the day of his appointment, so we'd have enough time to oh, get him Oh, that's off. right. We wouldn't do it the night before. I was thinking we'd do it the night before, no, but we would morning. do it that same day because we wanted the minimum amount of time with those Out off. of it, yeah. So we'd wake up super early. We would unravel him. We would give him a bath because we couldn't bathe we him. We would just do te- like little so, rag baths yeah, with so him, Yeah, so we'd do like baths. a quick bath and then go to his appointment. Yeah, we, we would take turns going in and... They would just twist his feet just a little bit more each time, each time. He hated it. It was awful. And the doctor told us different ways to try to help him, like don't breastfeed him. Just save the bottle until we're casting. Save the bottle until we're casting to kind of help. And it it did a little bit, but... He would mostly just cry. (laughs) Yeah. I remember a couple times the doctor got mad at us because he had to eat like right before. And you're like, he's going to lose it if I don't feed him. So you'd feed him. And then he wasn't... Yeah, anyway. I would try to just give him a few and then save the bottle. Like, he just, he hated it, though. He was not. It was awful for him. It was awful for us. He cried. He cried. Especially, (laughs) man, I remember that first day after, especially after getting those on. Oh, I can't even imagine what that felt like for him. Like, just a constant, probably, stretch, discomfort. He was not a great sleeper as a result of this. And, and like it was if, hard to snuggle him like a little mm-hmm. bit. Like it was a lot more difficult. And um, just each week we would, I think you probably took him in a couple more times than I did, but we switched we off. trade off. The pattern was though Could that be, like, Because it was COVID, we couldn't yeah. both go in. That was yeah. the thing. Yeah. The pattern was that we would go in for the casting, get the full leg casting done. He would cry and nurse for 24 7 well not seven for like probably two days he 24 would, 2 he would either be crying or nursing um and then he would start to get a little bit better he would like kind of get more used to it be crying less be a little bit happier we'd kind of start getting better and then it was just start in over. time to take yeah. them off and put them on and just crank in them, time crank them out a to little go bit get new casting so we ended up doing that for five weeks i think typically five or six it's yeah. anywhere from like i don't know four to six casts i feel like six is pretty typical wasn't it like up to eight it could have been yeah. just depending on the severity and how they're I guess probably a little bit depends on the doctor, too. This is where that artful piece comes in, like knowing exactly how much to turn Mm -hmm. those little feet. How to move them. Yeah, it's it's really you got to be careful as you're trying to find a doctor. So we ended up actually having to do one less cast than he initially had told us just because his feet had been doing Mm -hmm. really great. And then comes a little surgery part. So at this point, this was November, right? So he... I mean, because we did cast for five weeks. So, yeah, he was still just barely over two, two and a half months. Mm-hmm. 
and we had to take him in for a surgery and what the surgery is called a tenotomy. So what I mentioned at the beginning is that with clubfoot, the Achilles tendon is too short. And so that pulls the feet inward and upward. And so with the casting, they're able to turn the feet out only so much. And then they have to cut the Achilles tendon. Literally, to, that's the surgery. Literally, no, just literally. cutting the snipping it. Achilles tendon <laughs> and, and then it, letting it regrow. As adults, that is like completely cringeworthy because that's just would be miserable. But for babies, their Achilles tendon is so tiny, and especially for him, it was even smaller than average. But it was like a full like general anesthesia, anesthesia surgery. And he was a two and a half month old baby who had to be fasting. And they try to get in, you know, the smaller babies earlier in the morning. But my goodness, that was another thing. So we went to the, we, luckily we both got to go to the hospital together. Yeah. But only one of us could go back into the prep room. Mm-hmm. And so I was back there. And I was in the waiting With room. him. And let me tell you, this kid ate or like took a bottle or breastfed every two hours on the dot all day long like all that night long. he ate every two hours and so having to make him wait we were so nervous it was oh my gosh but i don't remember the exact timeline but didn't they want us to show up at like i think we got there like 10 30 right i don't remember what time we i were can't there, remember what time but... we got there but then when they brought you back you still had to wait for another like I had two and a half hours. He ended up, yeah, he ended up being really the surgeon. It was, was a, really behind. Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I was just gonna say like it was a miracle because yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He our, was behind. Son, the, the surgeon got behind for whatever reason. No, we don't hold that against him. Stuff happens, and God take care of it. But it was a miracle because our son this ravenous shark monster <laughs> going for the breast every two hours like was totally slept good. slept i was back there which with was him. miraculous yeah i was back there with him just praying like oh my gosh each like minute that would pass i was like oh my gosh he's gonna wake up he's I gonna be texting screaming you, like yeah. every second me like is he okay still? okay yeah like, is he screaming? and he just slept and i think he ended up going almost six hours that without was a eating huge miracle. and was just this angel and every so often he would open his eyes and he would kind of like look at me and i would just be like oh here it comes like prepping myself for this massive meltdown where i would just hold him knowing there's nothing i can do like i can't feed him he's about to go into surgery and he would just close his eyes <laughs> and just go back to sleep that like 100 we believe in miracles and that was one of them for us absolutely so it ends up being taken back honestly the surgery was really quick I don't remember like and how so, long it was, but yeah, I mean it's not super complicated. They just go in there and snip. Yeah, it's literally they just they snip, snip it, and right? then stitch him up. So he does have these two. He has tiny scars like on on the back the, of both of his yeah his little ankle his kind of. Are. And then they put the final cast on him where the feet were turned out really far actually beyond the yeah. typical straight ahead yeah so they put the the big cast on him and i think those casts had to be left on for three weeks mm-hmm. if what i remember correctly and once that part is over um then you move to the second phase of the ponsetti method and this is where this doctor like really really like pushed hard for us like he was like i have done my part in this like i I have done yeah yeah, he's like i have done what i can i have made his feet 
perfect as I can up until now, and now it is up to you. And he and he said, he said, your son's feet are exactly where they should be right now. Mm-hmm. The treatment up to this point has been executed flawlessly. He really did beautifully. His feet he did were great. incredible. He wasn't. He, I wouldn't call him arrogant. He was confident, but it was not arrogant. His bedside manner it was mediocre. Was mediocre, but well, it's fine because he did a great because job. Because he, yeah, he would. He did. An and we knew that job. going in. All the mm-hmm. reviews on this yep. guy were like, bedside manner awful. His not action, awful, but he wasn't working, warm and fuzzy. He wasn't warm and fuzzy. He just didn't. Really, As a pediatric surgeon, he just like, gave he it was, to you straight yeah. and didn't really coat it with sugar very much but um but yes like Alyssa was saying he like very seriously looked us in the eyes and said those exact Mm -hmm. words like I have done my part Mm -hmm. now it is up to you to continue this treatment that's been executed flawlessly thus far because we read that (coughs) we read that if parents uh, don't put their so the I don't even I know if I said it, yeah. so the second phase of this Ponsetti method is a bracing method. We always tell everyone to imagine a snowboard. It's called a boot boots and bar boots and bar B and B. So uh, the second phase is to wear this B and B, and you have to wear it for I think it was like three to four months for basically twenty three hours a day, and the only time to really ever take it off is just like to bathe and change them. And that was it. And so he was like, this is up to you. And there's stats that basically like 80 to 90% of kids will have a complete relapse if you Meaning the feet will just completely go back to that turn position. And you have to start over. Like Like, start the casting You have to start completely at the beginning. You have to start with casting. And so... And then redo the surgery too. We took it upon ourselves. We were like, okay, we are not going to let this happen. Like we are in charge of the sweet little baby and his feet and we are gonna own this and we are not missing a night we had lots of conversations together like what if this happens like no we like prep we were like we will not he is going to wear them it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if we need some cute pictures like literally he is going to wear them and by golly we stuck and to it. we um, did we and yeah i did just say by golly <laughs> we sure did like he has his cute braces in your sister's wedding. Like he had them on, and that was with him, and it did not matter. That was part of his outfit. And he every day. slept so bad. Oh, he was a terrible sleeper. Just imagine not being able to like move your feet from like the shoulder shoulder width, width apart. apart from each other, and like turning over. You have to like do a complete like yeah, like a you know okay. <laughs> so yeah so he did that and then after that we got permission to only have him wear them uh while he was sleeping you know which has changed 12 hours i think was the no no, it was more than that it was 16 to 18 i think yeah so 16 and then eventually just kind of as like they get older you're able as they sleep a little bit less during the day you can kind of taper off depending on what your doctor says and so we currently now, so he just turned three, and he does still wear the braces every single night. Um, somebody just asked me the other day if we've ever taken a night off. I think in three years' time, besides his first month of life, but in three years' time, he has had, I think, two nights 
without anything on his feet, without his braces, because our boys got a really bad case of hand, foot, and mouth. Mm, and we right. had tried putting the braces on him the first night he, he had it. Drove him and crazy. his feet, like, well, the rash, yeah. the rash got really, really bad. His feet were the worst part. They were so, so bad. And so we took two nights. I was so stressed, though. I was like, oh, no. I remember like, how stressed you were. But, but we just didn't have had, a choice. It was so bad. At that point, we had had some regular checkups with, at this point now, we're here in Utah. Yeah. And we had had at least two appointments, and they reassured us, like, They're he's looking every great. Time. Like, these yeah. look fantastic. And so, yeah, you were nervous. I was nervous, but, like, also, like... Sometimes in these situations, I don't know, depending on the situation, I'm calmer than you, but then most of the time you're calmer than me with stuff that like, as far as worrying goes, but I remember just telling you like, no, it's like, it's two nights. Mm -hmm. Like, unless you want, unless you want hand foot mouth to last for like a month, (laughs) like we got to just take these two nights off. We had been so strict. I think we a part of our worry was like, shoot, he's going to sleep amazing and he's going to be like, why do I have to wear these dang things? But he didn't. He was sick. So I'm like, I don't even honestly think he slept that great because he was sick anyway. So it didn't matter. But yeah, I was like, what if he sleeps all night and we're going to be so sad because we have to put these boots back on him? Um, And then yeah, those are the probably those. Yeah, literally the only time. But we have been so. Even when we get back late from being at a friend's house or an outing like, like we either bring him with us we always i feel like bring the boots mm-hmm. with us because he can't wear the bar in the mm-hmm. car, seat. car seat yeah so we always bring the boots with us and then put the bar on because that's yeah. an easy click in and another question we get asked all the time too is like how does he do with it and to be honest he doesn't know any different so he he kind of fights it just as any kid fights like a diaper change or well, like, I feel like going... even in, it's more recent that he's started to finally be like oh i think it's mostly because he knows he once those are on oh it's time he's, to sleep. <laughs> it's time to sleep and he knows that he becomes a lot more immobile he's and he now. is the most wiggly moving around kid ever so yeah. i think that's what bugs him most yeah knowing that like oh man i'm done for the day so he might put up a fight but it's just it's normal just as any other kid like oh i don't want to go to bed i want to play like he's because he really doesn't know and because we have been so so strict with it it's like not an option yeah yeah like it's we've never given in if he doesn't want it like it's not an option he doesn't i mean knock on wood but we've heard stories of kids that take them off in the night and like you have to start zip tying them yeah. on he and has learned cut them he off can, every morning yeah he, he can, can take, take them off if he wants but he is yet he, to maybe Don't like he'll away. take them off like when he wakes up but like during the which night they stay on yeah. all night which is amazing he is yeah. a trooper like he's, knowing what he's gone through it's just like oh man and it's been tricky too because he does ask a little more questions now with it like like why do i have to wear these he's like my brother doesn't have to wear them and um we like have tried to find ways of how to explain it without like it's just tricky because we're like oh just god we don't want to refer to other feet as normal feet yeah like like, because that's his i'm like oh well god bless you with these special feet and then our older ones like well aren't my feet special like yeah we're all just different and so that's kind of the dialogue is like we're all just made differently and this is how your feet were made. And luckily, we're super, super grateful that we have this incredible um, treatment that you now are, you run around and most people do not even know. He is out there, like just tonight, we were out with all of our neighborhood friends 
and he's out there keeping up with all the kids on his bike, running no, around. Yeah, if you haven't no heard problem. the story of his history, you like you know. would have zero idea. You have no and idea. And because, another random note, because he has bilateral, they're on both feet, uh-huh. you especially don't notice because if you have just a club foot on one of your feet, it because of the way the muscle develops, you can't point your toe quite as much. Like your calf muscle is a lot diminished i don't know if the right word it's just not quite as it's not able to develop and become as strong when it's just yeah when it's just one leg it's like very clear like oh his left leg is very much has a full calf but Mm -hmm. his right one is like a a chicken leg essentially that's kind of what it looks like i've even read that like um i'm sorry just to finish that thought though like but because he has both like you wouldn't know you would just think oh he's got little legs yeah, but. I've even read too that like the club foot leg, if you only have one, can be a little bit shorter. Mm. Um, the foot can be smaller. And right now his feet, it's actually really tricky to find him shoes because his feet are really just flat and wide too. It's hilarious when we go to the pool to see I his footprint so compared to his brother's footprint. I love his footprint. Like so our sweet. oldest has much more of an arch and so like you can imagine what that footprint looks like but <laughs> this club foot kid of ours man it's just like a duck it's duck. it really is like just a flat duck foot and it's just so i just love his feet so much um but yeah so he essentially will wear these this b&b the boot and bar while he sleeps until about four or five is what we've been told and his checkups have been really good and so that's kind of what we're planning on right now which is wild to think that we're more than halfway through his treatment because going back to when we first found out about this like we just we didn't know like the doctor told us like the outlook was really good and but you just still like the unknown is really scary and we just didn't know what that looked like and there are cases where this it's not this simple like the kids feet are way more complicated or it's just not as malleable like they're is that like an average word to use? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. An average word? Like, is that like, that's not an anatomy word, right? No, yeah. Yeah. Like, like able like to they be just shaped. Don't, yeah. yeah. Like some kids, they just don't take to the casting as well. Or like, I, I'm a part of a group on Facebook of just clubfoot families. And, you know, unfortunately, there's some doctors out there that have not helped as much as they should have or made the feet worse and and so there's definitely cases where it's not so cut and dry like his has been throughout the entire process with him though every his has been textbook. every time we go mm-hmm. they use that word textbook, textbook. like yep. the first time we went with the doctor before he was even born yeah he was like he looked i think he looked at like the ultrasound i yeah. must have known or maybe it was like the first time he met with him to start treatment he was like his feet look like textbook club foot yep just not like not necessarily super easy but not like complicated he's like this is just straight exactly how you would learn about it in academia yeah so really grateful for that because there are complications there are really there's way bigger surgeries that kids have to have there there's a lot of stuff that can go into it and so i think that's why it was so nerve-wracking is there's there are still so many possibilities but Luckily for us, it's just been pretty straightforward, and we've done our research and had really incredible doctors. We actually go, now here in Utah, we get to go up to Shriners Hospital, and the doctor up there has been great. We love the treatment there, and 
We got a, a dog whining now. First a baby, now a dog. <laughs> but we love the treatment up there, and they really have been incredible. But we just hope to have this be oh, something positive and hopeful. Um, if you just found out that your baby has club feet or or you're dealing with that, that we wished we could have heard something like this. I do remember like the day or two after we found about out about his feet your sister sent me a video of um, mm, I one of I her still friends have that yeah. video in my head yeah one right of now. her friends little boys who i think it was like one of his last few days of wearing his boot and bar so he, he was, was like a little bit older like four or five and the video was of him like trying to dance in his braces like in the snowboard-esque thing and it's it's not made to walk in like no our our, <laughs> our no. son can kind of if he gets lucky, he can get like three hops in with yeah. it. But this kid, obviously he was older, just dancing around, had bigger feet for more balance, and he was able to kind of like wiggle back and forth. I remember. Yeah, and I had other people reaching which out, which was so like, much hope, like mm -hmm. to see, like, oh, like okay, like he's up on his feet and Moving it's treatable. Around. Yeah. Yeah. So we just we hope that we can share that, like. It will be okay. It's it's really hard though. Like those it's those daunting. casting that casting phase was really hard. Like I'm not gonna lie. It was we had a lot of friends who were incredible who helped, you know, watch our other son and brought us meals and took care of us on those casting days were hard because he just cried so mm -hmm. oh, I would just lay on the couch and just nurse him all day literally because if not he would just be screaming and it was just it was really hard but now here we are looking back and watching this sweet boy run around like it's just incredible we actually got the chance to meet um probably about a year or so ago meet an older man hmm. um whose treatment was not this unfortunately because he was like 60 years old 60, 60 plus. 70 yeah and we uh, he came up to us and he was like, I learned that your little boy has club feet. And he's like, I'm emotional watching him because he was just running around this reception. Well, yeah, let's be like, and maybe set the stage a little bit. Like this wasn't some random guy that had somehow found out we had no, club. It was a family friend. friend's like dad, I think. Yeah. So they just had told him like, hey, that little boy was born with club feet just like you, grandpa. And uh, he's like, I've just been so emotional watching him just run around. And at this point, we hadn't really met this man. We hadn't, I didn't notice like how he walked or anything. And so after this conversation with this sweet tear, tear filled old man, um, we got to kind of just pay attention a little bit to how this man walked. He did not walk normal. He, he had, had special a, shoes. A limp mm -hmm. uh, or not. A limp slash dragging foot, mm -hmm. and like you said, he had different shoes. Because like the I one had legs... the one was shorter, like mm -hmm. you mentioned. I think his sole on the shoe was thicker. just thicker mm -hmm. to kind of even it out. Mm -hmm. And it was, just, I mean, I think we even got a little bit emotional. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, seeing him kind of hobble, scoot, slide, whatever you want to yeah. call it, away. <laughs> it was like not even like feeling really bad. It was yeah, it was just very like wow, like why were we lucky enough to be born in this day and age mm -hmm. with this modern medicine or modern yeah. treatment, whatever you it's want to really call incredible. it. Like we just felt very fortunate and blessed. And for me, at least it was like one of those kind of eye opening moments, like, huh, like we're placed on this earth and born at a specific 
times and places mm-hmm. like because even if you're born now but you're born in a third world country yeah, odds sure. are you're gonna have a have club feet and have to learn to walk on like essentially your ankles yeah yeah really, um, really sad but we've just, seen some sad pictures and videos of that but actually. just feeling extremely blessed like this is one of those situations those events in life that you're like like we talked about last week a, a tragic gift like this wasn't I wouldn't say it was tragic, but no, it was just tough. It was tough, so maybe not a tragic gift, but like just like a very perspective learning moment, I guess. Just like throughout this whole experience, even up till now, just like there's so many times we're out on family walks or just seeing him run around the house, and it's just like, wow, like really I forget or take it for granted most times, but then every once in a while I do like look at his little ankles and feet. And I'm just like, wow, every step you take is a literal miracle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and hike. that is just breathtaking. Yeah. That hike we went on like a few weeks ago, yep. I was holding his hand walking up and I was like, if only other people on this hike knew what me and the sweet little boy went through to be able to be walking on this hike right now like mm-hmm. it's just a true miracle and Which I think so is, such a gift like and i'm a big metaphor guy and i think what you just said is a metaphor for for life like yeah, we're all on a hike or journey of life and you pass people on the trail like you have no idea what's what they've gone, gone what they've gone through what it's taken for them to get there like don't judge like yeah. you have no idea if it's taken them a lot longer you have no idea what they've worked through to get there. Mm-hmm. And so no there's, there's my, my soapbox moment for the night, I guess. <laughs> Just like judge less and have compassion more. I think that was one, one last thing I'll mention before we end here is like we had the chance to go weekly to Phoenix Children's Hospital and I just remember like every time I would show up to that hospital pushing the stroller with our like, I mean essentially perfectly healthy baby um who just had deformed feet basically but i remember walking around and just seeing like these other warrior parents in there walking strong with children who had very obviously um more severe problems than our own child and like that was a really hard time for us. But... Kids with like shaved heads. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You could see kids. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. You could see the that kids with cancer and just other like more um, problematic deformities and things like that. And it's just really humbling. And I just thought, like, you know, if if you saw this parent walking down the street without their child, like, you would have no idea that they were just like at the hospital doing chemo with their child. And so it's just been a really good reminder for us that you just never know. And I think the same thing, looking at our little boy running around the street with his friends, like you'll never know. And I don't, it'll be interesting of how much he even remembers of this treatment and just, just a good reminder. Like Thomas said, you just, you never know to just be kind and give yourself and the people around you some grace because we all go through a lot of things and show up and just do our best. Yeah. I don't have anything to add to that so we can drop the mic there. But I do, I I will say if you know anybody who like 
has a baby with club feet or if they just found out about it share this or if them. you're going through share this with them and also like please give them our info we would love to chat with them we have more information on tips for like clothing and socks and how to look for doctors and maybe some facebook groups to join or even if your friends or loved ones just want to chat and just, just some encouragement encouragement i mean have them listen to this but we would seriously love to talk to them i'm happy to so send them our way and just know that you can do it and you will be great you're stronger than you probably realize so you got this thing until next week Love the Nelsons.